my name is Real Osman. Thanks for being on you know, Studio One. It's basically oh, of course. It's, Thank it's, you for having me. Yeah, it's a platform where I you know interview international acts like yourself, uh, acts across Canada, and local acts in Toronto to really highlight them. Uh, Thanks. This is like a platform I really believe in because in the city of Toronto we don't have too many you know media platforms, especially that really highlight a variety of genres and artists. So. Amazing to get you on. Uh, I'm yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely already enjoying the conversation. Can you um, briefly introduce yourself, and then we'll just get right back to it. Yeah, uh, my name is Wesley, and I sing and play. I sing and play guitar in a band called The Only Ocean from Los Angeles, California. How are you doing? Uh, how's life on your end? Uh, before we even begin? I'm good. Um, I just got my first haircut today, and like since last October. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, it felt pretty good to be able to get a haircut um just because it's been just so long since i've actually had one so uh other than that it's kind of same old same old you know i'm just kind of doing music and kind of slowly living life and and you're uh based out of california is so uh is yeah. so it's, is it totally because of COVID with the haircut because for me i'm in toronto so the first time i finally got a haircut was in june uh, oh, okay. and, and we went on break like the March, so everybody it was like maybe two three months until we got our haircut. So for you with the haircut, was it a like how how are things in California? Yeah, California is <laughs> it's a bit strange right now. Um, about two weeks ago, like there was a weird storm that passed through, and um, my town was like left without power for like probably like four or five hours because of the storm. Yeah. Later that night, I went up north. I just drove like five hours to go see my girlfriend, and then the storm followed me. So that after that, the whole state has been on fire um, for the last like two weeks. So like on top of that, and the pandemic yeah. and things still being yeah. kind of closed up. Yeah, we're not. We're still kind of like she was like a family friend, and she just kind of came over to do it. But I don't think you can actually go get your haircut in a like a salon or anything like that right now. But yeah, but uh, on the note of quarantine things like that, I know you know being in a band. How has it been for you guys to you know be creative, to work, uh, things like that? How's that process been? It's actually been great because you know a lot of the time when you're playing, when you're gigging and playing shows, you're not really you know you don't have a lot of time to sit and write, work on songs. Yeah, like you're always you're always writing and you're always doing that. That process never really stops. But you know, you're always if you're playing three or four shows a month, you know, you don't want to play the same set. You want to keep it fun in case the same people kind of come out. So we were always just trying to like make our set cool. Um, and so now that we have all this time to literally not worry about shows and to not worry about what songs we have in our set, um, we've just done nothing but but write, and it's been kind of a blessing to really be able to like we had our first practice since march um last sunday and we i think we practiced for like eight hours like went over four like yeah. new songs so we had all that time to like we didn't have to worry about like oh someone's got to go do this someone's got to go do that um yeah it's been great just to only focus on working on new music because we have other songs that we're going to release um the rest of the year and probably beginning of 2021 as well so we have all this kind of time to still put music out yeah. and seem and to, to do things and to also just work on new music so it's been great 
And uh, that's amazing here. Um, and now going back for you personally, like I know you guys, I think you guys met in middle school, like the bandmates that, you know, you've been friends for so long, but for you personally, when did like music, you know, really become part of your life? Like what artists were you, you know, gravitating towards? And, and of course, at what point did music become more than a hobby? You know, when did you really think to pursue it? Um, I started playing when I was 12 and it was, Bands like Green Day that really did it for me, like School of Rock. Um, but prior to that, so when I was younger, my sister would always watch like TRL. Yeah. So I was a little kid and I was always just not allowed to watch it with her, but I would still like, when she, my parents weren't home, of course I would watch it with her. So yeah, things on TRL were like really big. So it would have been like Green Day, like NSYNC, uh, Destiny's Child, like all those big like powerhouses yeah um those are kind of the things that i really gravitated towards when i was younger uh and then when i got into like middle school and high school i really got into a band called the arctic monkeys and the strokes and like interpol and stuff like that and it probably wasn't until like my junior year or like beginning of sophomore year where I was like, I can't see myself doing anything else. I know it sounds, it's a total cliche to say, but yeah. um, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I was so young. So like the logistics of it weren't even in my brain. I was just like, I'm going to do it. And somehow I'm, I'm going to make it work. Yeah. Um, and I grew up in a really small town. So, it, you know, you didn't really see a lot of bands like kind of make it past high school because everyone would go off to college. Uh, so, by the time that I graduated, none of us went off to college. If, it, if we did, it was like community college, but um, I, I never went and neither did um, the original drummer. Uh, the original bass player and guitar player did, but after a while, they also dropped out to just kind of focus on kind of the band. So I think in, in high school, I was like, I got I'm, this is gonna be what I'm gonna do. This is like kind of my identity. Yeah. And then it was after high school, being like kind of like 19, 20, um, realizing like, oh, okay, like now we're, we legally can kind of go wherever we want. And if we want to go play a show in LA, and if we want to go anywhere, like we don't need adult supervision to go do that. Um, so we just started kind of doing that. And once, excuse me, I started playing more shows like outside of my hometown, it became a little more like, oh, this could be a thing if we really kind of, Go for it and try. I know the band name uh, came from an Arctic Monkey song. Um, yeah. As a band collectively, you know, how long did it take for you guys to get the name? You know, I know the story, but how did it all, you know, come together? Yeah, we, uh, I somehow weaseled my way into getting a show, like my senior year, um, without having a band name. So the guy that was like putting on the show, he was my guitar teacher and he was the original guitar player's guitar teacher as well. And I told him, I was like, yeah, we have this band and we have like, we got, you know, we have like five, we have like a set worth of songs and da 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 da. And he was like, cool, like, well, do you want to play a show? And I was like, yeah, of course, that'd be great. Like, of course I want to play a show right now. Cause it was my second band. So it was like kind of like the new, the new lineup. And yeah. he was like, cool, like, well, I'll book you but I'm making a flyer um, on Sunday, so you have a week to get a name. So I was like, oh shit, okay. Yeah. Like, we've been trying, we just couldn't get a name. So yeah. 
I went home and I knew that a bunch of artists got their names from, um, I couldn't think of anything cool off the top of my head. Yeah. And so I, I knew that bands get their names from like song lyrics. And so I was like, okay, I guess I could just, I was like listening to an Arctic Monkey song and um, that record had just came out and that was the first thing that I heard where I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then the next night I went to a show and just kind of just to hang out and my band was there and I was like, do you guys want to be called the Arctic, or uh, uh, the only ocean? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, well, we, we need a name for the flyer. I was like, but then we can change it after, you know, yeah. cause we we're still so fresh and they're like, yeah, it's fine. And so we were named the only ocean in our minds, like tentatively just for that show. And then I got about like two or three years later, we were like, maybe we should have changed it. <laughs> yeah. At that point, we we were already known as the only ocean, so I'm kind of stuck with it at this point. But yeah, fun story. For you, um, considering it seems like you know you did a lot of shows, and that's kind of get where you're, like where you got your foot in the in the door in ter- terms of being an artist um when it, when it came to like releasing singles you know with uh you know cul-de-sac and things like that was it how was that process to you know record music and to release it opposed to you know doing shows because i feel like shows it sounds like you know you jumped into that how is that as a band with the process of releasing songs um so cul-de-sac was so our first record we did, we didn't like really think of anything like that. Again, being, and it sounds silly, but being from a small town like Lompoc, you never really saw acts like really try to make a release. Yeah. It was like, in our minds, we were like, okay, how to do a release locally from, from where I'm from was to just play a CD release show and hope that everyone would come and then that would be your big release. We didn't, we didn't really think, I think we released like a song but we didn't like promote it or send it out to any blogs or anything like that. Even though we knew that was a thing, we were like, okay, let's maybe not do that right now and just kind of focus on the release. Um, Cul-de-sac and, and So Shy and stuff off the EP, that was kind of by accident. Um, we had released it and then some of my friends were like, hey, this girl who um, does PR for us, she really likes your stuff. Here's her number. Give her a call if you want to work with her. So I was like, yeah, sick, that'd be great. And then she was like, I definitely want to work with you, but um, you should pull all the, pull your EP offline so I can actually like give it a push. And I was like, okay, shit. Because <laughs> we, had, we had to release it like legally. We, were, yeah. we, we did this thing with this, um, with this like wine uh, company and we had to release it. And so I was like, well, I'll just take it offline and no harm, no foul. And yeah. um, that was kind of my first introduction of like, really having to like have a press release and to do interviews and to like promote it more than just like your friends and actually like kind of make it like what you're going to post on your social media and how um, and uh, how was that for you guys and learning about that because that's a it's really important you know the, a lot of it because yeah. there's of course releasing the music and you know and enjoying that factor but then of course as an artist and promoting and growing a fan base you know things like that how is how was was that? You know, it was great. Uh, I didn't really think that any of that would like kind of being like featured in blogs and stuff like that. Again, like being from such a small town, it just you didn't really see anybody do that. If you, if you did, you saw it in like bigger cities. And in our minds, we were like, okay, like, we'll eventually get there. But I didn't think it would that kind of stuff would happen to us. Um, 
and when it did, I think we were, we were just excited, and then we were just seeing all of our plays go up, and we were like, okay, this is sick, like, this is yeah. awesome. Um, and I think just the overall posting of it, it, we were just excited to do it, and then, and then everyone around us were kind of asking, like, that's kind of, like, how'd you guys do that? How, that's awesome, you guys got on this, you guys got on that, and um, yeah, it's, it's, since then, it's obviously, for watch it fall, I was you know doing it for so many years. It's it's so much. It's so easy now. But when I first started doing it, I was like, was probably a little too like excited and probably uh, clogged everyone's feed with goals in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I know you started working with the producer Jonathan uh, Devon. Like, talk to me about how that's been and how you guys have like um. You know, uh, grown as a band and, and musically and things that, and how he's kind of helped shape that. You know, he um, again just kind of a band that we were friends with had just done the record with them, and they sent us um, the kind of the their first like round of mixes, and we were like, wow, this sounds really sick. This is, okay, he did the Marzolta, he did this, he did that, um, and at the time we really wanted to, re- to record like a full length, like more music. And uh, we were like, we had all these ideas of like things we wanted to do and how we wanted to sound. And we figured, well, any idea that we have, his idea is gonna be like 10 times crazier given his discography and like how good he is at what he does. So we went and recorded with them. Um, I literally just called him on the phone one day. I got his number, I called, no, I think I I messaged him through, through Facebook. And then we exchanged numbers, then he called me one day, about a week later he came down, and that was five years ago, and since then, um, he's kind of morphed into a really, really close friend of mine, and someone that, you know, even if we're not releasing music or even thinking, like, I'll just go and hang out with him, and we'll just kind of demo out a song, and that's kind of us just hanging out. So I, I was lucky enough to really find somebody who wanted to make music as much as I did yeah. um, and have such an insight and it was kind of like the first record none of us knew what the hell we were doing <laughs> Yeah, there was all these little studio tricks that like as soon as he explained it I was like okay that makes sense but you never really think about it if you're just like kind of like hashing it out and hanging out with friends um, and so throughout those five years it was like it's just been this like kind of musical boot camp where I just have learned so much from him not even about just production but just songwriting and lyrics and and how to craft your set and how to perform on stage so it's he's been a a big 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 help and he has he's had his hands in the project for the last five years and he's kind of like uh the fifth member and now uh you know pushing forward in current time what does this uh watch it fall what does it mean for you guys uh talk about you know the process behind the song and the meaning behind the song and the video as well, you know, uh, just discuss it. Yeah, uh, so the meaning of it is just kind of, uh, it's about me not being comfortable with who I am at times, and especially more in the past where I would almost kind of hide behind cliches of what I thought were cool, Yeah. and that was kind of my way of like not really wanting to be me. I was kind of afraid that if I was to be the authentic me, that wouldn't be what people wanted, like that wouldn't be what was cool. So I would just kind of pretend to, I would still be me, but it was kind of, I could, I even knew in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm being kind of fake right now. Yeah. Just so that person thinks I'm cool. So they want to like 
invite me back. And so I, that was like a real struggle with like kind of my identity um, growing up. Uh, and musically, it was shelved. Um, I wrote the song in 2016. And we were playing in a bunch around that time. And, you know, it just it wasn't it wasn't coming along. And we just kind of said, okay, I guess we just won't we won't record it. And then making the last record, so this was 2018, 2019, um, John Devon was just kind of like, you guys need more songs. Uh, what about that one song you guys had? What happened to that? And we were like, oh, we didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And he was like, cool, you guys should record that. And so it's just kind of funny that, that that became the single, because the reason it got shelved was we didn't know what to do with it. It sounded really, really lame. Um, at the time, all of us were super into um, Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. Yeah. So we were all just like really into that record. And we basically were just like, none of us know how to know anything about disco. Yeah. And so we were basically trying to make it like this disco song, but like an indie song at the same time. And it just kind of sounded like it was just two things that weren't really going well together. Um, and it was kind of John's idea to, to make it not a disco song. And uh, touching back on, you know, being fake and not being like yourself, your true self, how did you like overcome that? Was it, um, you know, releasing the record, I guess, did that help and having that realization or like on that term, like how did that help? Like has music been something for you to like help yourself like grow and things like that? Cause that's, I think that's a really yeah. important thing to talk about. Yeah, totally. Um, I think, you know, I just kind of like checking in with friends and kind of talking and, and, and quietly kind of checking myself a little bit and really just kind of thinking like, okay, like this isn't healthy and like I'm in a piss poor mood right now and like these are obviously reasons why I don't, I'm, I'm in a bad mood. Um, I've never been to therapy, but for whatever reason, like writing down lyrics, writing something that feels insanely personal like when i'm a little bit afraid to actually sing it and play it in front of people yeah um it's kind of made it you know it takes away the power a little bit if i can write it down and i can sing about it for whatever reason then i'm like kind of checking myself every time that like it happens um so the fact that i i am lucky enough to to write these kinds of things and to kind of i just get I feel like if I didn't have it, I don't know who I would be, but I definitely, I don't think I'd be who I am without having music and being able to write lyrics and being able to, to perform these songs. That's another thing that's great too, that I really do miss about there not being shows is sometimes the emotion of it comes out in a show when I'm not really expecting it. Cause you get, you know, you sing the song so many times that after like the, the hundredth time it, it it's gonna lose it's kind of like emotional impact yeah when you're just kind of rehearsing it but sometimes it shows like the 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 feeling will kind of come over where i'm like oh my god i'm really like i'm really saying this in front of a bunch of people who i either a know or b who have, don't know me at all and now they're gonna know that this is how i think so um yeah it's, it's maybe more open and kind of okay to, to talk about things and and maybe explore why it is I felt that way and, and 
Yeah, and on that too, I think, you know, as fans of music, mm-hmm. I think when artists are, like, vulnerable and honest, I think that's when, you know, we truly become fans of artists because we can relate to them. And I think what you said, you know, is really important because I know a ton yeah, of people sure. can relate to that. Um, usually, you know, when I get to the end of interviews, you know, I ask, how's the rest of the year looking, you know, shows and things like that. But, yeah. you know, because of COVID, you know, I've changed my final answer and final question and things like that. So for you personally, um, you know, looking forward to the future and things like that, what are you most excited for in terms of possibly releasing an, the Only Ocean album or, you know, um, you know, performing again or, you know, what's the most exciting thing that you, you're looking forward to? Like when COVID's like no longer an issue? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it'd be great to, I mean, just to just to play a show would obviously would be fantastic um i i think yeah at this point i, I mean i would play some shitty ass dive bar if there was like 20 people there just <laughs> yeah. to kind of like have that feeling again um definitely playing shows um and you know being able to really this obviously release was everyone's releasing music in a whole new way right now so it was definitely a learning experience i'd love to to, to kind of go back to being able to release something and promote it just by being out there in person and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I guess just the things, you know, I really took for granted that I wasn't expecting would ever be taken away. Yeah. Like playing shows and, and just honestly just being able to see my friends and, and have it not be something where, you know, you got to like ask who have you seen in the last week or so. Okay. You haven't seen anybody. Or, I guess we can hang out today. Yeah. You know, um, the, the the little things. I'm excited for the little things to come back and have to not get a haircut in my backyard. Or <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, um, as a last question uh, for you personally, whether it's through you know you know being an artist or just you know you know growing up and things like that, what have you learned, you know, about yourself um, that has helped you either you know in the music or in life? Like, what's like a nice Thing that you've learned that has kind of helped you it's okay to talk to people um about what is on your mind oftentimes i think that was why i would write about those types of things because i, I never wanted to tell anybody um and kind of going back to what you said about people becoming art, a fan of an artist when they do get vulnerable i got friends that i became closer with because i would be so vulnerable and at first, you know, I would do it with like, you know, if you get drunk and you, you, at the end of the night, you kind of have those heart to hearts. And then after a while, I was like, oh, that just feels so fake though. Like, I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it to be like, you know, three, four in the morning to tell my friend how I really feel. Like if they're my friend, I'm going to tell them how I feel. And music just kind of taught me like, just, it's okay to, to be honest and it's okay to like, no one's perfect. and if you do have these problems, there's nothing wrong with it. And um, I kind of faced on more than just like not being comfortable with myself through music. Um, so I, I just kind of learned that it's okay to, to, to check yourself a little bit and to kind of say like, hey, maybe you should do something about this or maybe you should, you should talk about it. If not through a song, you know, tell your friends, tell your parents, because if you're quiet, it just kind of builds up. And yeah. I definitely struggled with that a lot of my life where I, I would be so quiet and then 
you know, all hell breaks loose because I can't handle it anymore. And then you kind of have like a bit of a breakdown or, you know, you don't feel like you belong anywhere. And it's, I just learned like, I still struggle with that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect again. I still definitely do that. But having music and having people that actually kind of care. And again, like if if you're writing a song, like Watch It Fall and someone, you know, the band hears the lyrics or or the producer hears the lyrics, they're not going to be like, cool, just keep singing. You know, they're going to be like, yeah, are you okay? (laughs) Is there something you need to talk about? So, um, yeah, it just made me feel more comfortable about just expressing myself. Sure. Um, again, man, uh, thank you so much, uh, for being on Studio One. Um, really love your music. Uh, I love rock and all that, and that's kind of like, I wouldn't call it my favorite genre, but you know, I, I kind of gravitate towards it more. Um, I think the single is really amazing, and, um, you know, uh, when things are normal again, uh, would love for you guys, you know, come to Toronto, you know, see you guys live, and that would be great. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. All interview, I just kept thinking about, uh, about, I, I was going to say, I, I love Degrassi. Yeah, that's like our, that's, <laughs> that's like, like one our, of my that's favorite our, shows like of all heritage. time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool too, because, um, it's, there's a location where they film it, so, you know, if you guys ever come to yeah, Toronto, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, check that out. Oh, oh, Man, I, I, I've been watching that show, like, I think I've probably seen every single episode at least three or four times. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. But I, I mean, I even, uh, Tamara, the guitar player, her and I both kind of bonded over it, and she was like, I stopped watching once, um, like, Liberty and, and Manny, like, left the show, and yeah. I was like, oh, I kept watching. Like, I watched <laughs> it until, like, even when it went on Netflix, I was, yeah. like, still, like, it's the only show I can just watch where I can just like scream and I have to probably walk away at least like three or four times a season just because I get so frustrated with the characters. Because yeah, yeah it's, it's funny for like, you know, being from Toronto, you know, for us, you know, seeing Drake on Degrassi, yeah. you know, for a lot of for a lot of people around the world, they don't even know that he still was on that show, you know, so yeah. for being in Toronto and seeing him on the show and all that and seeing him like progress as like putting Toronto on the map, it's, it's all, it's funny for us, but yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even, I mean, hell, last year winning the, uh, the NBA championship, and then, yeah, I, what was funny about it is, like, I didn't really even, like, I remember watching the game, and I didn't think, like, oh, that's so great for the players, they're going to celebrate, I just knew, I was like, I wonder what Drake's doing right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure he, like, I could have swore I saw something where he was like on the phone with Steph Curry where I was like that's such a weird world to live in where like Steph Curry's not even talking to Kawhi he's like yeah Drake (laughs) (laughs) it's great yeah I I would love to come to Toronto that'd be great sure Uh, again man thank you so much for taking the time man I really enjoyed it Um, congrats on the single and you know keep keep pushing forward fan of the music for sure good talking good Good meeting you later you